welcome if you're here with us. And for those that will be joining us, again, this is Lyrical Ones, episode 113. My name is Sinio, joined as always and ever. Alfluent, how are you doing this evening? I'm well. It's a good life. I'm grateful. Uh, I'm happy to be here. You know, it's August 10th. We well into the year. We well into the year. It seemed like it got here pretty fast. But uh, August is here. That means, you know, some people are celebrating their birthdays this month. Uh, Beyonce said all the Virgos go start a month early. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that Virgo season, you know. Um, but, you know, I think the anthem of you won't break my soul to the government is a is it to the establishment to the institutions is a is a nice place to be right now um for people who are you know feeling like they they the culture is being appropriated or mishandled uh it's also a good place to be that you know the being pressed down uh by institution won't break you um having that mindset and anybody who's on um, in the pop culture and watching Netflix right now, um, the, the uncle from another world, his motto is <laughs> a, a pinch is enough, you know, and just like when hard times come and when you only have a little bit of an inkling of a chance, you know, that's enough to change things. And it came from a, a Tetris knockoff game called Puyo Puyo, uh, where basically, you know, at any point, even if half your screen is gone, like in Tetris, you could get the right block and score big, uh, score big points. And I think in life, that's, that's very important to remember that. If you got a little bit of a chance, it's important not to give up. So we hear... And we got a guest, and I'm excited for our guest because I didn't get to see Jen perform. But Jen, please introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Jen Luna, or artistically known as Luna Jen. Um, my pronouns are they, them. I'm a little nervy to be on here. I was telling Sinio the other day, I was like, people are going to perceive me. They're going to perceive my thoughts. And as a Scorpio, it's very difficult to open up to the public. So, but we're doing good. We're doing, actually, we're doing okay. You know, it's a little bit tough out here trying to be a 21-year-old who just, you know, just trying to survive the world without the help of government assistance, unfortunately, you know, it's a little bit tough. That's right. But... Yeah, it's, I like how you were saying how how we you gonna break my soul. Just it's a it's an anthem um, of hope. So today I was like, I want to do my own anthem of I'm tired. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to just go back into the womb and not exist sometimes, you know. But I like you lifted me up a little right now. That's hey, nice. but but you know we. The energy still exists in the womb, right? Oh, yeah. And right? you know that a little piece of you still stays in your mom forever. And all of her kids. And that's amazing to me. That is. Yeah. 
That's vibes. Sinio, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I am. As y'all were talking about being in a womb, right? I can think about um I think about my wife and how my wife is pregnant and how, you know, like the just observation of this being inside her and their movement and like my input and my response to them and us having this really unique dialogue of like interactions where I'm like like I don't even know what you look like yet you don't know what I look like yet and we're about to find out but before that we have this relationship already where we're vibing we're like you're you're very much a part of me as much as you're a part of her because you keep her awake at night and I'm a night owl so this is great this is just you know Science out the window. Me and the baby, yes. So yeah, I feel I feel what you're saying. Like it is something where um I reflect on a moment that I had a couple of weeks ago and I was like with the in-laws and their extended family, and it was like, you know, like would you say this is the worst time? And it was like in the moment I'm just being funny and be like, Yeah, it is. It's horrible. But at the same time, it's also like my relationship to the perception of what I'm living in, right? Because I could also like refer to history books and be like, the plague seems like a pretty horrible time, right? Like mice running around, you get bit and that's a wrap. And that's not the reality of what we live in, but it's not to minimize or invalidate what they went through at the same time, not to minimize and invalidate what we're going through. It's just a different time. And if it's the worst time or the best of times, you have space to explore and express that. And it's, it's, meaningful it doesn't mean that because you got it good and someone got it bad that now they neither one has value it means we have to well in my mind in my eyes respect the differences right respect and appreciate what these values mean and how you measure the moment so yeah in this moment thinking of not so much retreating into wounds but what it means for someone to be in a womb and want to take care of them yeah it's a it's a um it's a great time it is definitely a wonderful time like there's so much going on so much to be concerned with i'm definitely one to consume the news and and look at what's happening in the world and to reflect and process but as you said so eloquently that beyonce has given us won't break my soul and that's kind of what it is won't break my soul won't stop my stride i'm gonna do what i gotta do I got, I got a, I got a question, Luna Jin. So, if you was to retreat back into the womb and not exist for for yeah. a moment, what would your activity be in your non-existence? What's your, like, what's your default like mood, vibe, perspective, mindset? That's interesting. I always think about the lifetimes that I've lived and the lifetimes that I will live in the future. Um, and they're always specifically with my current partner where I'm just like, dude, I'm just meant to just chill and cuddle with my partner forever, just eat dumb stuff and not have to worry about life. So I just envision us being these weird aliens, just cuddling, literally not having a worry in the world. So I feel like if I, that's, that's kind of my, my escape, my, like when I'm like, I need to think about being in my safe space in my happy place. That's what I think about nice don't you feel like that's kind of like like the place where you create from Mm, 
I think the place where I create from is it's a different place for sure. Ah. Well, so currently, because of I guess I'm I'm creating I'm starting to make music, write music, but they're all about my current struggles. So that's that's the place where my creativity comes from because I'm like I need to let this out. I know that there's other twenty something year olds that are going through the same things. I'm trying to I'm trying to speak to the people just like SZA, you know, being twenty something. Yeah. Not alone still. Yeah. I feel that. No, definitely. Um, you know, it usually when people come on, I don't know them, but I've had the benefit to to start to work with you, to share a performance space with you, to see you perform. And what I will say is that the modesty and the humbleness that you that you like that you are, right? And then to see you perform two different people like let me tell you like i'm like you know like when i first met you i'm like oh you know hey what's up just you know quiet as kept just moving around trying to navigate and then as soon as you started singing i was like whoa hold on wait a minute where are we at right now because it's such command it's such a firm grasp of like who you are in that moment of almost as though you're making an announcement right a proclamation right like when you sing there's this distinction where you're turning a corner or you're turning the to show the other side of the leaf, right? And so in that, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you've said quite a bit about the struggle and then wanting to retreat and to feel that sense of warmth and consolement and confinement to be away from all the harm, right? So yeah. what is what is it that when you do write, right, where's the influence? Where are those, who are those people that you can refer to, look back to, right, as you've grown to be the person you are right now, that you can say, like, you know, this, this person, this is the moment, this is the song, this is the movie. What were those things that helped you get some of that sting in what it is that you deliver when you perform? I think it's, it's been kind of my my church upbringing that's in, inspired me if that makes sense so it's just kind of all the experiences I've had as a whole have given me the inspiration to sing the way I do I so my current process I guess I didn't explain who I am Luna Jen artistic you know musician out here we do bilingual music I do music in Spanish it's a bunch of uh I do baladas, boleros in Spanish, R&B, reggaeton, a little bit of like folk music too. Like it's it's a little bit of everything. Um, and I'm currently in a band called The Underlay. So this was curated by Michael Kim Eubanks, an amazing artist who just writes songs about his experience as a black man in America. Um, and of course, they're extremely incitement like they open your eyes they open up your heart and all that stuff so my current process for that is hey when I'm performing I'm not performing any other show I'm not performing just another concert I'm performing impactful change like I'm performing this is the justice work that I'm doing for the world this is my my piece you know so that's why I have to remember to center myself and put myself in a, in a space where I need to humble myself. I always love to be humbled because I, I can't be doing this out here looking like I do amazing music and this all comes for me because I'm talentful. Like that's, that's not, that's not it. When I first started, I had a terrible voice. Um, 
and then when I first started, it was also kind of the same. Like I always need to put myself in, in a specific place as creator to just center myself as well. Use me as an instrument so I can reach other people. Yeah. That's amazing. That is, that's beyond just the, the meaning of powerful, right? Like to say that you're aware your performance is you showing how you act in your justice, right? To show up yeah. in a way that lets people know that, because it's like, yeah, like hearing your songs, you can tell that it's coming from a place of like, you see change, right? Like you are in the embodiment of that, right? In resistance of the world around you, right? And I think that it's just something that is amazing to see because it's easy to, you know, oftentimes people will go off first impressions and then not let yeah. the rest of the person be fully seen and realized, right? It's like, nope, who I met them in that moment dictates how I perceive every action instead of sitting back and realizing like, yeah, just as much as I can be humble, I can be firm in who I am and deliver in a way that is like, it was almost like, it was, it was like, not fire in the destructive sense, fire in the sense of warmth, right? It's like, here we are, we're literally yeah. in the cold. Like when we performed, right, it was in the cold. We was literally yeah. chilling, chilling, right? And so to then hear you, it was like, oh, I'm getting, oh, this there's some heat right now. There's some fire that we are witnessing, that we're, we are part of, that we get to be immersed in, right? This warmth, this sense of like passion. And so it's just a thing where it's like, you say church and your upbringing, but was there anybody like who you went to school with anybody in your in your house anybody who was around you that was like you remember those moments where they gave you that same sense of warmth right that same sense of like oh they gave me that space when it was a little cold outside where i could be with them and it was like you know what i'm saying because you said yes your partner but mm -hmm. unless your partner was with yeah. you your whole entire life who are some of those other people that gave you that same feeling of comfort support and safety you know what? It's been for sure my family, my my direct family, my parents have been such an amazing support system for me in every aspect of my life. Just like me moving out of their home. They're still like, are you okay? You need money? Like, are you okay? You need food? Um, so they obviously give me warmth. My family. But I'm thinking, I'm still thinking of like, musically who who gave me warmth and who allowed me to have this just just be myself and completely express myself is i absolutely remember a good friend and he was like this person who was part of the worship team and not to not to out him because he was kind of already out but um he was a gay man in a presbyterian latina church so it was like everyone already knew I, of course he was trying to keep it secret but everyone already knew um, and he was part of the, the worship team. And every time he would be up on stage, he just praised Jesus like nobody was looking, like he was not being judged. Like he did absolutely everything that his body wanted to do and the way, like all his movements were just moving with the spirit. Yeah. Um, and I saw that and I'm like, to be someone like a specifically a queer person in a super strict, homophobic, transphobic church, um, and just see them express their spirituality in such a free way really inspired me. And I think about that all the time too, when I'm doing my performances, I'm like, I don't care how ugly I look. Cause I, I make disgusting faces when I'm singing. I'm like, eh. but um, 
yeah and that's what gives me warmth that's what gives me the the kind of the the permission to right. to feel and just move the way that spirit universe wants to move me yeah oh definitely definitely i mean just to to swing it back real quick michael kim eubanks was a guest on the show right spoke to a lot of the things that he was doing in that same sense of justice that you spoke of right so it's it also shows in the community you keep and the people you're around right like yeah. there's this shared vision of you can see what's wrong or you can see the harm and then what do you want to do in repairing that right and art being one of the most beautiful ways right because even when you said it, like oh you know i make an ugly face but to me it's like it's just you being consumed with the passion and the emotion of the moment to convey and deliver Absolutely. in such an yeah. authentic meaningful way where it's not about trying to portray an image it's just you showing up and being you right like your performance isn't you being performative. Your performance is you showing the practice and action of your artistry and your mastery and your, you know, exceeding grasp and developing this skill. And so to me, it's just like one of those things where I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to see firsthand because I'm like amazed, right? But at the same time, I'm also um, intrigued. I'm triggered in a sense of action, of being able to be like, yeah. I know in one sense, I'm not alone. Like, the last performance I seen you do, right? I had invited some people and they shed some tears, right? And it was such a powerful moment because these are people I love and I care about. And as much as I'm there for them, and I had told one of them specifically, like, it's about the community you have and the community you create, right? You have to seek out those people who are gonna be a reflection of who you are because as much as you care for and love and show up, like, the thing is, when you when you do that for others so much, you also need to make sure it's reciprocated, right? That it's reciprocal, yeah. that we can see each other on level ground because you could be the young sister or the daughter or the niece. You could be the mother, the auntie or the grandmother. You're seen as this entity and then everybody just wants to hold you to that standard. But in reality, you're a person who does deserve the comfort, the consolement, the warmth. And when you sung, the same warmth I got, right? You were able to give to them, but it was on a higher level because they could see themselves in you, right? They could see mm -hmm. their own life. They could see the, what they went through, right? Like I could be a partner in what they're going through in their struggle, but I could never embody as much as you embody who they are, right? And so it was just this powerful, meaningful moment where they can see someone who looks like them, who could speak to their pains to the specific degree of what they just went through, right? And here you are showing up in your truth and your justice and your power to give them that, that consolement, right? To make the ugly face of emotional rawness, to let them yeah. know like, I can make an ugly face too and share some tears and be vulnerable, right? In such a public space. And so it's a, it's a powerful thing, but it also speaks to, yeah, like as much as we are in our own individual struggles, that doesn't stop our reach and ability to help others going through their own struggle, right? And yeah. in that, like, what, like, what, let's, let's, let's zoom out. Let's take it back, right? Who was Luna back in elementary school? Take me through that process. What was it, what was it like for you? In elementary school? I hardly remember elementary school. It was. You know what? I was very musical in elementary school, too. 
because we had like music classes we had I had the I was so fortunate to have a teacher who we had like little like singing lessons music nice. sessions and then we even recorded an album cd i still got it okay like it's it's so cute um it was very much free it was like i had no cares in the world um at during at the time my mom was a single mom we were living in a really small apartment and i barely saw her because like, i would like my family would take me to school and she would just be working 24/7 but i knew that um i knew that she was working so she can provide for us so i never felt like i i was like abandoned like i was alone that's why i was so carefree so happy with my friends yeah that's what's up that's i mean it's it is powerful that you had the insight and the ability to see outside yourself right like oftentimes yeah. depending on who who we are, where we are, what's going on. It's not, it's, especially as a kid, right? Like your life is dependent on others, right? You are depending yeah. on a community. You're depending on a family. You're depending on people to show you the way, to help you communicate, to give you the ability to define yourself, right? And then, so in your moment of a lot of vulnerability, you had community where you could create, where you could express, and you could feel carefree enough to know like, okay, just as much as my mom is giving herself in this way, I can value that and I can see that, right? Even even in that moment of being a kid, right? Not, a, not to the degree of like, oh, I, when do I, or how can I? It was more like from what, you're, what you've given me is, let me just be me. Let me just do what I do. Let me just yeah. show up in a way that I am and just express myself. So in that, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, like people, I ask those questions to, to get people to think back because oftentimes we take for granted those moments, right? But it's something empowering where it's like, yeah, you still got the CD that you made back then because that's your trophy, right? Just as much as it's an accomplishment that you did, that's your, you did it. That's your championship moment. Like you have this yeah. piece of yourself that lives on forever that you can share with others and people sometimes take that for granted they they sometimes hide their trophies right they like put them away the yeah. medals right the things that they've done the accomplishments because it's like oh, i was a kid what does it mean but at the, at the same time it's like for you to do music then and still do music now and to have that history and that legacy right yeah, it's like like your receipts i've been doing this i've been Yo, doing I this got my receipts. Right? right i got the experience yeah. right i've been a free spirit i've been a person who has been able to see the value in others, even if they're not around, right? Like that's, that's a, true. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you said it, you were like, you know, my mom was doing this to provide for me, but it never made me feel like I was without. That's, yeah, absolutely true. Ever, I've always been carefree, like a carefree child, as in like, I never cared about what other people thought of me. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna do me, but in a way where I'm like, this is genuinely me. Um, that's why I'm, I've never, I felt embarrassed by anybody or by anything that I do, anything that's around me. Like when, like, for example, when we all know Latina parents, Latina dads, when you go to a public restaurant, they will watch Facebook videos, like on volume all the way up, hella loud. Got you embarrassed? Like, I know everybody else is so embarrassed, like, dad, turn that thing down. But I'm like, that's just my dad. That's just, it's just part of being Latina. I didn't ask to be born Latina. I just was lucky. You know, like, 
That's right. See, like, well, don't embarrass me. And I've always been like that because I'm like, you got to live in your true self all the time. I wish, yeah, everybody did that for sure. And so, yeah. you know, so I'm before Arsenio gets into the, the those parent those parent moments. Yeah. <laughs> before he gets into that, I I want to point out your your mindset and your perspective of having permission to be yourself even before you met that worshiper, um, before you yeah. before and it and if anything, he may have reminded you. Um of what you already knew and maybe what you had um, forgotten and had to you know, relearn or even unlearn some barriers that you had put up. And I think having that, well, I wanna know, in having that permission to be yourself, what was it like for you to transition? Like when you said, when you first started, you weren't a great singer. Well, what was your process like to to find your voice and to be become the performer and artist that you are now? Um, I think most of the my influences, like, like to just do justice work, music, through music, through art, definitely comes, it came after I joined my, my home church, which is First Presbyterian. Should I say that on public? No. Well, if they, if, <laughs> if you, if you, if you, Go there publicly. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just don't want no no creeps, y'all. It's okay. But um, yeah, I go to it's okay. It's public anyway. I go to First Press Hayward. Okay. Hey, um, hey, hey. So that church, that was the first church that I've ever come across. Um, that focused on doing justice work. So they were about, hey, we're gonna teach you how to love your neighbor, and we're also gonna do it because that's that's what the work that we're meant to do here is um so that's when i started becoming way more open about doing justice work being hecka more compassionate because i i saw that and i got to be part of that community still am part of that community um being surrounded by other people who want to do the same justice work who want to love the same towards others it really got me to the point where i'm like okay so music is my passion. I never knew where to direct music. I never nice. necessarily wanted to be a a regular regular artist like and making songs about I don't know what, falling in love, sex and all that stuff. So but then I did find it eventually I was like, you know what? It's it's just this music that I want to make. That's what I want to put out. That's what I want to work on. Um so that's where it started. And it, I've only been there for about 5 to 6 years. So it's been a journey, but then again, I'm young. Okay, I'm 21. Right, that's like a, that's like a quarter of of your time. It is. You know, so that's that's solid. And what would you what would you say were some of your uh, musical influences, Lena Jen? Musical influences now. Um, anytime. Anytime. Let's go. Um, so let's start the early years and then move into now. Oh, early years, a lot of R&B, a lot of J. Cole. I don't know why, like Lil Wayne, How to Love type of stuff. Like I was really into that. Um, but now currently that I'm making music, um, people who inspire me, artists who inspire me are obviously the close-knit community that I have of friends, which is like 
people from lyrical opposition because I absolutely love spoken word poetry and the words that you guys just speak. Love it. Um, I love my friends from small town who do hey. the same type of work. I love, like, those people really inspire me a lot. And we are SPS. local artists, but those are the people who inspire me the most. Nice. Um, besides that, on a, like, a celebrity level, A-lister almost, it's um, maybe, like, Aaliyah Sheffield, who I recently found. She's the woman who sings, who sings, Earth is ghetto, I want to leave. Absolutely love her music, got nice. really into her. I just got into Valerie June folk music. Hey. I didn't even know I was into folk music. Valerie June it's goes great. hard. Yeah. So I love so I love that type of style. It's like people who are just sing about things that matter, sing about just being human and also like healing and all that stuff. Erica Badu. I love all that type of stuff. A lot of reggaeton for sure. Bad Bunny. That's okay. Right. Bad Bunny. We had this conversation, Sunil. He inspires me. Not because he makes reggaeton that is really good, but because he actually writes about real, like, changes that need to happen in the world. He talks about, I know I said we're not talking about this, but he has a song about sexual assault. He, like, has a song about um, Puerto Rico and all of the outages that they were going through. Like, he talks about so much things that needed to be talked about. Right. Um, and that's what inspires me in his music. Just, like... Um, Residente, who's another reggaeton artist, absolutely love him and his work. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Sunil, so now, now you can talk about. Look, I tell my dad straight up, get off your phone. It's bad for your eyes. Okay? Get off your phone. Yes. yes. Bukele, Bukele. Okay, that's it. Let it go. No, bukele. Stop. Get, it's good. I'm happy to see the changes. I'm glad to see the country is being healed. I love it. How much do you need to watch it on Facebook? How many times <laughs> can you watch that on Facebook? How many funny uh, prank videos can you tell me? Did you see this? Huh? In public. It, it's all the volume of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, have the volume of it if you need to. But at what point do you stop? At what point <laughs> do you just leave it alone? Take a break. Father. Stop. Father. True. I'm just saying, I'm saying, like, it'd be like, he'd be like, I'm not on it. I'd be coming up to the house, popping up. What you doing? On his phone. That Come close to his face. For real. I'm like, he can't, he, like, his eyes is bad. Really? They are? I wonder why. Hmm. Right? So, yes, be your authentic That's self funny. by all means. But, right, it's about balance, right? Because, We've had these conversations many times on the podcast and, right, Jen, speaking of genuine, right, being genuine to, to things, sometimes we are, we, we, there's harmful aspects to all cultures, right? And we start to reinforce them because we went through it. Because we went through it, then it becomes like this um, harmful rite of passage that we wear as a badge of honor and sometimes perpetuate onto others. Right. And so it's one of those things that we got to be mindful at times where it's like, yes, be your authentic self and, and be true to your culture, but also have a discerning eye to what it is that you take from the culture. Because Facebook in your eyes, father, father, okay. you want to see, oh, I eat carrots. No, stop looking at Facebook. But there's other things outside of Facebook, right, that also pertain to 
how these elements of culture can be harmful and impactful beyond just me talking about eyesight, right? So it's just yeah. always for me to be mindful and cognizant, like, okay, as much as this is who I am, how much of this do I feed? And then how much do I give space? How much of this do I make sure that, you know, I'm taking the time to be in the moment, right? To be with whoever I'm with, right? Because it is easy sometimes to be like, oh, that's just who they are. And it's like, but they might've missed all these other things, right? They're looking at a video on a small screen and life is happening mm -hmm. all around them, right? And it's just, yeah, it's something to always be mindful of because it's like, we, we can, if we choose to, challenge ourselves to be better for each other, to be better for ourselves. And, you know, sometimes the thing that is most accessible isn't always the thing that we need, right? And so, yeah, it's just remembering that, keeping that in mind. And with that, speaking of Luna Jen being genuine, we've had this discussion many times. And what I want to know now that I've, I've had well, it's been thrown in my face many times. Could you please tell me the importance of Gen Z? Of Gen Z? They're so important. Okay. I think Gen Z was just born differently. They're amazing. Not because I'm part of Gen Z or whatever, but um, no, honestly, I think Gen Z were just born naturally compassionate. Just seeing, first of all, they experienced so many just natural governmental disasters going on, of course, they're going to feel, be more empathetic towards other, others in general. But I, I think that they're just kind of in a space where it's like, why? Why would you be, choose to be racist? Why would you choose to not give this person a home? Why would you choose to just be a mean person? You know, like, it's questions that they are finally asking for everyone else. Um, so that's why I think Gen Z are so important. And they're like already, if you talk to a 15, 14 year old now, they will talk to you about politics, about whatever, like social economics and things, and be so insightful on that topic. And it'll blow your mind away. When I was 14, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Like I was just like, what, are, what am I going to eat today? I saw the garbage man waved high at him. That was my best highlight of the day. Like that was it. I didn't do anything else. So I, they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. They, they are amazing. Um, given that lyrical opposition is seeing an influx of Gen Z uh, at the office and in the work and having that perspective of clear cut. Yes. And no. Right. It's like the boundaries are respected right in terms of like showing up and saying what will be tolerated and what won't be right being exactly. very clear yeah. right about like what is it that you know not just you as individuals but you as a collective community of a generation will be willing to accept right like you know when i think about it as much as it's the compassion right alice wonder says will of fire and there's a part of where the compassion is fire, where it is distinct in its ability to be like, I try to refrain from saying it earlier, but like a dragon, like just a fire breathing dragon where I can recall so many conversations with people where either it's like a little poof of fire or it's just a full on blaze of compassion around things that are injustices, things that are like obviously harmful to so many people in so many different ways. 
And, you know, the frustration of being a generation on the come up that's kind of waiting for all the other generations to kind of get out the way, right? Because it's like, y'all had y'all turn, y'all did y'all thing, and look what you did. Look what you made of it, right? Yeah. And now we got to pick up the pieces and we're not, we not going to sit around and just wait for you to give it to us, right? We're going to figure out ways to just say either we're going to make our own or we just going to move you out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that's definitely like the will, the will of fire. Will of fire is a, a reference to the, the Naruto manga. Um, and it's the idea that the generation coming after us is leading us and guiding us. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. all, all the work that we do is with the, the honor of teaching them and listening to them, protecting them to the point that they can then guide us. And that idea, I, I work with a handful of Gen Zers in my career. And you're, I think you're right that um, it does resonate. Their compassion does resonate. I think their empathy does resonate um, and show up in an outward communication. Um, yeah. It shows up in an in a, in a outward conversation and dialogue. And, you know, n- not everyone has the, you know, the benefit to be carefree their whole life. And so when, when trauma and harm, you know, does surface in, in people's lives, it's important that we have uh, a generation of folks who are willing to listen and relate to people who are hurting and you know it's amazing I think to see that and then you know to have artists from this generation uh speaking on their behalf and speaking with their heart um the heart of Gen Z is is important for us um and uh what I want to know is what what makes justice music important to you because justice music is not a genre right it's like it's it can be R and B, it can be reggaeton, it can be hip hop, it can it can be yeah. folk music, it can it can be rock, it can be jazz. So, um, with all your musical influences, your content influence, what makes justice music important to you as you collaborate with the artists in your community? Mm. I think. Like I like I said before, it's kind of me doing justice music means I'm doing my part of the justice work. Um, it's it's more like a yeah, it is like that. So I'm like I want to be part a part of the justice work outside of just let me go volunteer here every now and then. Let me go to this protest. It's me actually putting in my passion my my life purpose um nice. yeah i yeah. feel like that's definitely when people look for their purpose i don't think that they they think about their purpose be, being human on earth and how to help others um what's your role they think more of it like career wise like what's my life purpose what's my 
my passion? What's my hobby that I just want to continue to do forever and ever? And I'm just kind of like, oh, my life purpose is, is more, obviously, to just chill. I just want to chill. I just want to chill and love on people. That's it. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. That's so... That resonates on so many levels for me, um, being a person who, you know, hearing hearing you talk about it, right? Like hearing Alfluent frame it as it's not a genre, right? It's it's more about a core intrinsic value to who you are, right? Yeah. It's one of those yeah. things where justice finds itself in so much of what I do just in this conversation having to reflect on it and process like man like that's always been the consistent thread is that i'm seeking to repair the harm right like i'm seeking to to you know it's just not the 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 harm within myself right like i'm looking to repair that at all times and as i do that i start to manifest the practices and actions to show others hey what are things that you could do right to enact the justice in your life because you're right. I've always projected and told people it's about the community, right? It's about the, the family that you choose. Because when you think back to the tribal basic structures of community and tribes, right? Everyone had a role in the tribe. It wasn't your job and what you got paid to do. It's what you brought to the community that helped the community grow, that helped the tribe sustain yeah. itself, right? Whether you were the mm-hmm. hunter-gatherer, whether you were the nurturer, whether you were the person that was the the doctor, right? Whether you were the spiritual guide, whether you were the dance coordinator, everyone had a role, and those roles only magnified and strengthened the whole. And I and I totally appreciate and love what you said about you know it's not about just the the job or the career choice, right? It's how does it show up in everything? Because for me, I'm like, man, what what we doing? What's going on, right? And it's like. I immediately jump into the role of someone that's going to protect whoever's in the space, right? Because that's just what, that's how I grew up. I grew up in an environment where I felt like that was my role, right? And that finds itself, whether it's in the music and how I deliver what I speak on and say, or who's amongst us and what has happened, right? To give everyone the space to feel seen, feel appreciated, and have their words and energy valued because I know how often people try to minimize, manipulate, and and invalidate for the sake of control, right? And it's like, you know, like I think of a distinct individual who has definitely, you know, is watching or was watching and those distinct moments when like working with them when they were 13 and how they were like, it's wrong, it's wrong. There's no way you can show me it's right. And it's like, it sits with me at all times because it's not just you saying what happened in this moment and what you're seeing. It's also what you've been through, right? And how these things have shaped your passion and compassion towards others, right? And that's something that I lead with. And I think it's it's empowering to know that you are continuing that legacy in a profound way beyond the scope of kind of modern society structure, like what you going to do for a living, right? Because that's how you show up in modern society and the structures and convenience of capitalism, right? It's not to denounce capitalism. It's to say that's not everything. That's not the whole thing, right? And that's the thing is, if we're really going to sit and say we're changing things, okay, I see those structures, how we use them, but there's more beyond that that we could do. It's not just the, the name you put on me, right? It's what I've decided to do every day. It's not the protest I attend, 
It's the work that's put in every single day that you don't Absolutely. see, that you don't feel, right, to get us to that next thing. So I, I super appreciate that because, yeah, it's like um, to geek out for a moment. It's like Go a ahead. generation of Bakugos. It's like y'all just get fiery and pop off and blow up on people. And it's like, you know, like we ain't got time to waste. We going to make it happen. Oh, we sure. not going to wait. Right. We not going to sit here. We going to get it popping explosively, right? And it's like... Yeah. I can appreciate that wholeheartedly because we need that energy. We need, like, without exposing too much. And if you, you know, whoever decides to dive in on it, right? I was, I was getting sick and slick with the words. And I was like, because I say this often more recently. Everybody wants to talk about revolution. Don't nobody want to talk about a nuke. And I was like, if you're really trying to make it happen, you're going to need that deterrent, right? It's not to say that that's what we need overall is to say in this moment, the value system that exists in order to really put any type of push, that's the thing that's going to get people who are in power to be like, oh, wait, y'all got what? And I was like, it's not to say you use it. And then somebody said, oh, no, if I need to, then that's what it is. Right. And it's not to say that that's actually what they mean is to say that I believe so wholeheartedly in what I'm doing that if if push came to shove and I need to meet you where you're at, I'm willing to meet you where you're at because oh, yeah. I need you to respect where I'm at, who I am, where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to do. Because the most equal thing you could say is that you're willing to meet on their terms, even though you're seeking to change all the terms. And I thought that was profoundly powerful because most people wouldn't even, most people would not even say I'm pushing the button. Right. But it meant a lot to know, like, no, you, have a grasp and understanding that like yeah there there is exactly. a room to like say yo i'm gonna call you out on it and not in the way that's going to be beneath or below it's going to be exactly where you're at and i think that yeah like bakugo get it popping because you got to acknowledge what an actual what's it, what an actual threat to the status quo is and what the status quo believes to be an actual threat because mm -hmm. they will not acknowledge, right, the people, right? They will not acknowledge, right, grassroots movement, right? You have to acknowledge. So we have to identify and acknowledge what they can, what what they consider to be, right, a threat. And that's that's what the button represents, right? Is that this is so important to me, right? That the, we are at such high stakes that we cannot afford not to push the button right if mm. that's the case yeah that's me all the time i constantly <laughs> reciprocate energy because i don't first of all it's part of being neurodivergent okay i will just kind of match you just so we can be buddies you know but um but also yeah I'm, i think about how i do that all the time with my partner i'm like dude if you start talking to me like this, don't expect to not hear it back. Like, it's just, it is oh, what it is. Trust me, Same I with genders towards old people. Like, people past, they, they have no wisdom anymore. Like, I'm sorry. They, and they, Gen Z's will not hold back. They'll, they'll call everybody out. And I love that. No, that's yeah. real. That's super real. Like, uh, you know, shout out to the people that's in here. Um, I just had to say TK was a reminder of that when we had a conversation this past weekend, right? Like, 
it's definitely showing up and protecting what you know is what your heart is, right? Where your heart is at, right? And having that discerning eye to know that not everything needs to be in the mix because sometimes it's forced upon, it's intrusive, it's violent, it's in a way, right? Trying to take away from the whole, take away from the tribe, right? Co-opting the tribe, right? It's oftentimes yeah. one of those things where we on this on this show have said it many, many times, the performative nature of the entities in power that will show up, right? And co-opt who you are, what you do, and then leave you high and dry as soon as the month is over, right? And now we're sit to left to process and, and continue to do the work every day, right? Because it's not enough yeah. for you to just throw a tweet up or to say it's going to be a special sale going on or to throw up some t-shirts. No, it's about how we treat each other, who we are together. What are we going to do next? How do we operate? What are we planning? How do we prep? What's the practice? And then move forward. And I think that, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's a profound thing that, to see and say because, yeah, the discerning eye, the compassionate eye, having the ability to really, like, know, like, as much as you see it all and all, it all has value, right, that doesn't always mean it needs to be for you. That doesn't always mean it needs to be in your space, right? Like, yeah. it's about proximity, right? There's trees that will grow in a dense forest, and there's a different type of plant that's going to grow in a desert. It's not the same, right? And mm -hmm. the thing is, is that people try and often project. And because whoever has the status, right, it's like whoever's projecting from the highest level, then most people are like, well, it's coming from a valid source when in rea reality, like you said, right, the old people don't have wisdom no more, right? And your intrinsic core value of your intuitiveness, your intuition, your, your inclination to be in tune with the infinite, right, to know that I'm going to be in tune with what God has given me, right? This life, mm -hmm. right? And I'm seeing and knowing that the vibration does not resonate. It does not match. The frequency does not align. I can match you, but that's not where I need to be. It's only because I'm in this space. It's not because this is who I am as I travel this world, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a really, it's a thing that people need to really understand and see because it's not about, getting in the way and making the suggestion it's about letting you explore what is the path and us being supportive and whatever the outcome is because you already know nine times out of ten a lot of these old heads is just old heads and they in the way right oh, there's yeah. right there's some who know what's up and are going to give you the tools and there's a lot more because like take it from somebody like me right i've seen it i've been hit i've been abused i've been in the in the trenches where I've seen the, the other leaders across the pond be tortured and abused and then they got to recalibrate and now they got to wear armor. But as, as we have said and has been said, right, back to what TK in the conversation, he said, it's not the day ones, it's the day twos, right? And I feel like it's not, a, it's not about denouncing the significance of starting at the beginning, but if you're the next generation, then we got to look at the next generation, right? That's the day twos, right? We already yeah. had our day in the sun. We already had our time, right? As much as we can help and support, we have to have faith and trust in what y'all are creating. And like, yeah, support that. Get behind that. Yeah. Be in alignment with it. Not minimize it, not invalidate it, not put it in an ageist construct to be like, well, y'all don't know, but you said your experience has yeah. been hyper-concentrated in so much catastrophe. And because mm -hmm. of that, you resonate on a different frequency. 
Yeah, for sure. I feel like elders are meant to pave the way for the next generation that's coming up. Like, I know they're focused on their retirement and stuff. But, yo, what about your grandchildren? What's going on with them? Like, it was so funny how I I just remembered I had a Gen Z moment the other day. A Gen Z moment. But also, it was shadow self. If you're familiar with spiritualism, it was shadow self doing stuff because that's right. I was on the next door app. If you're on the next door app, don't because <laughs> I hate that it's a bunch of it's just white neighbors who download the app and complain about it's too noisy. This person parked in front of my house, da, 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 whatever. So this other day, this dude posted this picture of an encampment out by Lake Merritt. I'm not. If y'all know where it's at, y'all know where it's at. No, don't know my address, but anywho. That's right. But um, so they were talking about, he posted a picture of the encampment, which is like pretty big, um, but it was a nice, well, clean and tidy encampment. And the, the caption was, does anybody know when these guys are going to get kicked out? So I was furious because I'm like, what is your freaking issue, dude? Like, these people are literally, they just built themselves a whole shelter in order to just be safe, have a home, rest, like in a safe space, in public. Like it's fine. It's a public park, right? So I'm so pissed. And I'm replying back to all these people, asking them the same exact, like same exact question. Do your neighbors ask you when, when you're going to get kicked out of your home? I don't think so exactly so like this this other person i just went at him because he was like yeah i can't even move out of oakland like so i have to do my part of helping keep the streets clean we have to gang up like everybody has to get together and kick these people out and i'm like dude what if i went to your house told you get out of your like when are you gonna move out of your messy ass house like and he was like oh when you say things like that it disgusts me and i'm like I just repeated back what you just said. Like, like you're, exactly. you're listening to yourself right now because I literally just typed the same things. Just put your name instead of the other person's name. Like, you tripping. Wisdom yeah. was expired. Like, <laughs> That's right. No, no, nothing left to use. No. Empty brain, no thoughts. These people. Wisdom you right. expired. You, you're right, though, because if you don't call people out on the nonsense, they will never get it. Because anybody who's focused on justice work is thinking ahead. Anybody, yeah. Anyone who's known for intentional justice work is not thinking about where we are now, but is thinking about where we should be and where we should be going and thinking about how to set up the next generation, how to impact the next generation and and protect the next generation and create a space, hold space for the next generation. Yeah. They do that in their music and their community work. They do that, like, it's the reason why housing is important. It's the reason why, you know, food, food security is important. You know, it's the it's the reason why like Oakland Unified School District, right, has free lunch for all students, you know, K through twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's justice work. But you have that means that whoever's focused on justice 
at, at any point in their life has to be able to see injustice. And right, that's a good example of someone who's on an app not seeing the injustice at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the scary and the sad part is like you can't even they can't even see where the injustice is and you know the the real problem with you know someone's encampment is that they have to have one. Yeah. Right. Not how they, not how can I the help them, right? Like it wasn't about what can we do to help them, right? It was about what can I do to help them so it no longer ails me. Right. Not what ails them. Right. And that's the thing about yeah. compassion is that being hard headed, you lead with your heart. Right. You don't sit there and think of how it's going to best serve me. Like and then I have to I have to make the distinction. Right. Jen. Where would you say you're from? Right. If there was a place, a city that you could because this is this is the thing. Right. We do have people from around the world. So if there is a, a town preferably a town what would that town be called east oakland baby okay right no. so so my if if people who've watched many episodes know i have an affinity of appreciation for oakland right because yeah. there is there just as much as i could rep the city that i'm from san francisco california for those unfamiliar right there's something special about that but there's something equally captivating and special about oakland right and in my you know, it's it's funny enough, right, having this conversation with you and the people that are watching, reminded of the drive, hustle, determination, and clear focus of what is manifested in Oakland, right? That's because right. it's yeah. a very distinct thing, right? It's not to denounce or minimize anywhere else. It's to highlight because oftentimes San Francisco gets a lot more romanticized and publicized in the, the you know, how it's... But not the real San Francisco... Come I mean, even it, even it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like we we represent that real San Francisco in our perspective and what we've experienced and what we've lived through. Right. But when when it comes to how it's treated in the world, right on the world stage. Right. Oakland's always given this bad rap undeservingly. Right. In yep. terms of yeah. how it's represented in media, how people portray it. And every time I meet people from out there, it's been nothing but profound leadership, profound compassion profound insight, ingenuity, creativity, and hustle and drive and determination. And that's yeah. the thing that, that, you know, when you say the things that you say, right, where you're like, I'm gonna go toe for toe, right? And I'm only gonna hold up a mirror to who you are to let you see that what, what disgusts you most is not what I'm saying, it's the fact that you are this. It's who you mm -hmm. are, right? I'm only giving you what you're giving to someone who has no ability to speak for themselves in this moment. Right. I'm going to I'm going to lead with compassion to meet you where you are, to be the neurodivergent person that I am to say, OK, now I'm going to flip the script and show you. Here's the mirror. Well, when you say those things that disgust me. The fact that you can't see you're disgusting yourself. That's right. Yeah. Your wisdom is expired. Right. Your level of insight mm -hmm. and what you bring to the table. Right. You could tell you obviously don't have a history or a relationship with this town we live in. You don't have any sense yeah. of compassion for the people that are here, right? And it's something that, like, yeah, I speak to and praise because I know how, I, I know how unfairly the town has been treated, right? But when Alfluent brings up free lunch, I can't help but think about the Black Panthers who made that possible. 
right? right. When we think of COINTELPRO and FBI who systematically destroyed and broke down such an incredible movement that came from Oakland, right? right? We have to be mindful and reflect, right? Like, if you look at the pen, the pen comment, it's about reentrification, right? We stand, we start off with a land acknowledgement, right? Because in order to address what has happened, what's happening now, we have to acknowledge what has happened in the past, right? We have to really see it in a holistic view, because repairing the harm means giving everybody their time to be respected, to be appreciated, to be validated, and. Yeah, that town business is no lie. So, you know, Jen, you definitely are right. con uh, continuing the legacy. Like Alice Wonders says, Oakland is the driver of justice in the Bay. 100%, yeah. right? 100%, right? It's like, there's nothing else like it, right? Like, I love my city. I love where I'm from, right? It is definitely a place of liberation and a focus of, of a world that often isn't seen on the grand stage as well, right? What's presented is not what's there. But it's also like, oh, look at it, it's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, man, you don't know the half of it. You don't know what's really going on. You never paint the picture in its full glory. You only paint it halfway. And in that, mm -hmm. for some reason, Oakland, like, it needs to be treated better. So, yeah, I mean, I know we're, at, we're getting to that point. We're getting to that time. But, Jen, I just want to let you know, like, yeah, like, you are an appreciated person, an individual who definitely has shown me a lot taught me much and i know that that those lessons will only be more profound as time goes forward and do you have anything that you want you know in terms of sharing with the people in terms of what and how they can support and get in contact if that is a thing uh yeah you can follow me on my instagram right here it's uh jen j-e-n-n dot a-y-a jenaya um Besides that, you could also, also in link in bio, I have shows coming up with the underlay group. Um, so I have one in September, October, and November. Hey. So if you're trying to come out, here's some justice music, music for people who are kind of like in a space where I believe in creator. I don't necessarily want to join religion, join a cult, right? Um, but I still want to be able to hear empathize, just do justice work, sit and listen, go ahead and check us out. Yeah, super great. Oh, for sure, for sure. And Alfluent, do you have any final words or thoughts for the people of episode 113 of Lyrical Ones? Being born and raised in San Francisco and now living in Oakland and being, I guess, transitioning into uh, a, an official Baydestrian in a very specific way because Oakland is a, a biking, walking uh, town. It is a neighborhood, has a very neighborhood feel to it. And so I end up meeting and talking to a lot of people as I travel around Oakland. And I always knew it was this way because I worked out here, hung out out here in the town. I got folks, you know, friends, community in the town. And still, it's, it has a different feel once you, you wake up in it um, every day. You, 
you spend time here, you spend your free time here, and you just get out the house because you're not paying for the house, you're paying for the town, you're paying to be a part of a community um, when you pay your yeah. rent here. Um, you're not moving here to hide away in your home. Um, and it's a very diverse and I, I think fluid space that is changing on a lot of different levels while staying the same in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of work that I see happen when injustice happens in Oakland, people step up. Yeah. Um, people speak up about it. Um, whether it's the attacks in Chinatown um, to, to lofts burning in the art community, uh, to, to violence happening, happening to, to women and trans people, um, to, to even violence in the side shows, like people speak up about injustice, um, you know, even to the point of, you know, somebody calling out, you know, trying to call out people who are unhoused. It's like, that's, a, you know, that's, that's violence against them. You know, and I hope that people take the spirit of Oakland that, you know, was publicized in a, in a, in a, um, in a different kind of way in a Marvel movie in Black Panther and take take that take that uh that knowledge that Oakland exists and learn more about it because San Francisco is really a buffer for Oakland um if San Francisco was not there I think the government would try to institutionalize Oakland even more um and San Francisco is the facade where Oakland uh, is living in a, a, a reality and a justice-based future. Um, so yeah, I really, I really hope that people continue to to see justice in their dreams and seek justice in their goals and in their passion. And passion is that thing that you wake up and do every day. Um, not not like Luna just said, not what you get paid for, but what you wake up and want to do every day with your life. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I appreciate you both. Um, Luna Jen for coming on, holding us down. Really, really, you really oh, handled that for us, crushed, crushed it for us. So I appreciate you, um, all the lyrical ones. Um, yeah, we love y'all. Keep listening. Keep keep chiming in, keep asking questions, keep commenting, uh, share, the, share the page. If anybody want to co-op, if our government want to co-op lyrical ops, they're going to have to look through 112 episodes first and, and go back 10 to 12 years. Man. Absolutely. As we often do at a moment like this, it's funny because I had it queued up and then the screen went black and then it was like, oh, there goes my timing cue. Moment like this. Hi.
One. 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 Opposition. Hey.